Graphic design empire. Take control of it. Do you know what? These are really great questions. If you want it, you're just going to find a way to get it. episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today's episode is with Dave Will Design, the second in the two-part series, uh, all about working from home, uh, tips and advice and guidance for, for working from home. You may be a freelancer listening to this, or you may be someone getting into the industry listening to this. This is a really good starting point for, for how to stay on track, uh, how to stay up to date with deadlines, how to stay focused whilst working from home. Dave's got tons of experience in this. He's worked at home for five years as a freelancer. So there's tons of advice in this episode that Dave's practiced at in his own little routines and he's sharing with everyone today. So if you do like the episode, please do take a screenshot, share it on social media, tag at Creative Waffle, leave a like, leave a subscribe, wherever you are on whatever platform you're on. Also do go check out the creativewaffle.club website. Every week now we're going to be updating that website with the latest blog articles about design, basically turning into all the podcast episodes into design. It's going to be a massive library, all full of uh, for good advice and tips. And there's also design news uh, on the Creative Waffle YouTube channel as well. So do go check that out. Without further ado, let's get into the episode with Dave. Join you. So ah, nice. I did enjoy the start of your podcast, the last one when you were blatantly talking to yourself. <laughs> it, it was good then. It's meant to be nice up, up north today, isn't it? Yeah, so actually I've just been for a walk around the park. We've got a park just next door to our house basically. So nice. We went for a walk, kept away from anyone else, socially distanced ourselves, but it was good, <laughs> yeah. Right, good I think. We'll, I'm a, I'm a straight now, not sideways. That's it. Yeah, we're ready. That's it. We're, we're ready. Let's see how, how long my my iPad's balanced on all kinds of things, but <laughs> falls over. Then we'll sort it out. I was also very conscious after the last one that I speak quite quickly and maybe a bit more scouse than I realise. So <laughs> you'll have to tell me if you can't understand anything, then I'll speak much slower. Yeah, and we're also. Um welcoming any any questions or anything from oh, welcoming any questions or anything from the instagram live as well throughout the podcast or any additions so if anyone has got any uh tips or uh something from working from home or any any comments then let us know any thoughts on any of the questions or stuff we talk about yeah cool so, yeah i guess let's go into it again this is it part two excellent uh so we'll start off with a question from callum seymour if I can find it. Hi guys. So uh, my question to you is how do you keep motivation when you're working from home, especially in times like this when you may be stuck on a project or have lack of commission to keep you busy? Cheers guys. So uh, yeah, how do you how do you stay motivated whilst at home or, or when you've got lack of commissions? Uh, how do you stay motivated? I think it yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? When, you, when you've got loads of work on, it's quite easy, I think, to stay motivated because deadlines and, and the fear of letting people down and and all that type of stuff, you, your reputation is based all around how kind of reliable you are and efficient and stuff like that. So if you've got loads of work on, I don't think it's that difficult to be motivated. I wouldn't say I'm like a highly motivated person, but I am when it comes to work because you feel like it's your responsibility to hit those deadlines and make sure you, your clients are happy because otherwise they won't come back. Um, and obviously the, the fear of, of like not earning enough per month is, is quite a good motivator to make you get out of bed when you maybe can't be bothered. Uh, but when you've got no work on it, yeah, it is tough when you've got nothing to do. And especially like this last week, I've looked at my diary and I've got a bit less than, than normal. I've still, I'm still grateful actually that I've got quite a bit of work. So obviously there's people out there that have seen a massive drop off in 
and work at the moment, but I feel like I'm quite fortunate that I've got enough to keep me going, but I've definitely got a bit more spare time than I'm used to. And I think at the start of this week, I thought this is going to be a great chance to do loads of things that I've been waiting to do for ages. Yeah. But in reality, it's quite hard to do that, isn't it? When you've, you're thinking of a million other things and there's so much else going on, it can be difficult to motivate yourself to get stuff done. But I suppose it, it will come down to like two main points for me, really. Firstly, that you've got to be a bit patient and this is a new scenario for loads of people to work from home. So you're not going to suddenly like smash it on day one and be brilliant at it. It's going to be a bit of a work in progress. You're going to have to try every day to be a bit better than you were yesterday. All the little tips that we talked about last episode. And if you get to the end of the day and you feel like you've not been very um, efficient or you've not got much done, then you've got to see that as a challenge that tomorrow you're going to be better and you're going to try and make some more little changes that are going to help you work better and and kind of adjust to this new environment so i would say yeah don't be too hard on yourself if if you've spent all day faffing about and messing around when you when you feel like you should have been awake but obviously long term the aim is to to get stuff done but in the current climate i think it's understandable that people are struggling to focus 100 percent on personal projects and stuff like that because there's a lot going on I would say you, you've got to see it, or for me anyway, I try and see it as a chance of investing in yourself. So if you think of like when you when you play computer games and your character can build up skills by the more you play in the game, the more coins you get, the more coins you get, you can buy things to improve your character. So I don't want to always bring it back to football, but when you play FIFA and you've you've got like a player and you do training sessions, your players' skills in terms of shooting increases and passing increases and all those things speed can increase if you keep doing those practice drills it's very similar i think to that as a as a freelance designer or anyone i guess that the more that you invest in yourself the more your skills are going to improve the more valuable you're going to be and so maybe this is a good chance if you've got no work on to kind of look at where would you like to be in 12 months time what type of clients do you want to work with what type of jobs do you want to be able to do what type of skills would you like to have that you you haven't got now so for me personally I've always wanted to get into um doing bits of motion design and little bits of animation and and learning some after effects stuff and I've never really dedicated loads of time to that so maybe this is a good chance for me to kind of set aside an afternoon per week to teach myself after effects and there's so many things online so many youtube tutorials for free so many people that are willing to answer questions on social media if you ask them so i would say if you're struggling for motivation maybe sit down and write a list of of try and look long term and think hopefully this is just a short-term issue this is going to pass and work will go back to normal or or maybe not but things will eventually come back around again and people will need freelancers and designers and illustrators and other things so how can you put yourself in the best position that in six months time you'll be a much more valuable freelancer than you are now what can you do in the next couple of weeks and months while you've got some time in your hands to invest into yourself to make yourself better to to learn those new skills and to do as much as you can possibly do because there is a chance that you'll look back in six months and think what a waste of those those weeks it's like and obviously the key thing is you've got to be able to be in a position to afford to do that so I appreciate not everybody can afford to just spend loads of time learning new things because the pressure is on for some people to earn money and to to pay the bills and stuff like that but 
if you are if you're fortunate enough that you can spend one night a week or a, or a saturday afternoon or a couple of hours whatever it would be then yeah that, that would be my tip to kind of personal projects i've always said it are one of the most useful things you can do as a designer and it's so so beneficial if you pick something that you're passionate about you create your own project and then you put it on social media it's incredible the amount of of things that can lead to and and you can pick up new clients longer term because of projects that you're going to just create yourself and that the hardest part is motivating yourself to do it so yeah it's easy enough to sit down and think i'm going to design my own comic book or i'm going to make my own ranger posters or whatever it will be but yeah you've got to you've got to physically do the work but if you can keep that longer term aim in mind and imagine yourself in six months time having created three or four brilliant projects that people love online and and taught yourself some new skills and invested in in yourself really so that you're kind of leveling up on on different skills that you've got looking at your weaknesses and thinking what you can improve in then mm-hmm. yeah that that will kind of be the way i would try and go about it yeah <clears throat> something that comes up on the podcast quite a lot is uh, and we talked about it uh, yesterday with uh, Sash Shots who podcast about after this one which is weird but um yeah it was uh, it's about deliberate practice um rather than you know not just smashing stuff together and and just doing your own style but like taking bits from other people trying to practice what they're doing and um just, just like tutorials as well as deliberate practice it's it's got an aim in it it will help you get down further down the line where um play, to be fair playing around on photoshop might as well but whereas... i think you can kind of be strategic about it as well you could maybe you love if you're a sports designer and you love like i don't know quiz shows there's probably not going to be much benefit in your designing your own quiz show logos for the next six months but if you look at your industry and what you're working and what is you think clients are looking for and maybe like you're getting many requests off clients where you've got to reply and say i'd love to do that but i can't like there's been a few times our clients have asked me to brief on to quote on a project and they've said how much would it be to illustrate 10 different footballers and then could you add into the quote how much it would be to animate them so we could use them on instagram stories or whatever and i've always had to reply saying i can definitely illustrate them but I've, i haven't got the skills to animate them yeah. so normally those jobs n- never lead to anything because you're not skilled enough so if there are things in the past scenarios like that where you think oh, i wish i did have the skills to to be web design or to to be good at typography or whatever it would be, then it's a great chance now to kind of look at those skills and work on them. And that that is hard because you've got you've got to kind of look at yourself and and no one's going to be able to tell you really what what you're missing. You're going to have to work out for yourself. But yeah, that you could use that then as a motivation to think that that might not pay off now. That's probably not going to earn you much money at the moment, but six months time 12 months time 18 months time are you going to be a much more valuable designer because you've picked up some skills and made the most of, of a, an opportunity it definitely feels like a lot of people in the industry have this time now and if, if they're getting ahead and, and you're not you're relaxing a bit more and uh, people are going to hire them instead so it's also that motivation as well you know, to, to yeah. keep yourself sharp is, is to get ahead and uh, keep yourself and- on top of the others yeah and you just never know when it comes to personal projects you can do stuff and put it out there and no one replies there and then you kind of think oh that that was a bit lame that that didn't get the reaction that i thought it would but there's been loads of times i've done stuff and six months later someone spotted it on on a tweet or on a website and got in touch and said oh we love that i think how much would it be to do if it doesn't put your work out there if you've got no work then create your own and create the type of work that you want to 
get more of. So when I first went freelance five years ago, I just took every project on that I was offered and I was doing menus for restaurants. I was doing wedding invites. I was doing um, brochures for energy companies, like all kinds of random stuff, anything I could do because I needed the cash. But eventually I started kind of doing little projects based around sports because that's what I was interested in and, and doing personal projects about that. Whereas if I'd have like um, done a personal project on like restaurant menus, then maybe I would have got loads more restaurant menu work off it, but that wasn't what I wanted to do. So I suppose there's a, it sounds obvious, but there's definitely a, a logic in kind of creating the type of work that you enjoy in the hope that that will encourage more paid work in that field. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think going back to Callum's question as well, I think another way to stay motivated and something I just thought of um, is is uh, to look back at old work as well. Um, and then you sort of realise that process of how far you've come in such a short amount of time. You, you cringe. Yeah, cringe at the yeah. old stuff. You do. But and I, that's quite a good test, I think, yeah. Because I think if you don't cringe at the old stuff, you've not progressed, have you? So if you're looking at work from five years ago and you still think it's great, yeah. maybe that's a bit of a warning sign that you've not moved on too much. Because everyone should cringe, cringe at old work, shouldn't they? That's just yeah, absolutely. the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's good. And I found, there's uh, an example, I found... Um, so I've been doing a lot of playing card stuff. I'm thinking a lot about trading cards and sports cards at the moment. Um, and I'm yep. pitching like a design for a, to a football club, lower league football club. And I found these that I did back in 2013, probably less, okay. um, which which are like really really basic football cards, uh, cricket sticker cards. Yep. Um, I got all the players to sign it, and I got like oh, nice. one of the world's best players to sign this one. It's a Ricky Ponting, so Australian cricketer, like one of the world's best ever players. <laughs> yeah, he's just signed his little, he signed his little card. card. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, cool. Yeah, did so you meet him or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just. You yeah. didn't post it to him. No, no, just, uh, just met him at the cricket ground, and it's unbelievable. They're just thinking about that, just, just going, looking back and thinking, okay, I'm, I'm trying to do sports cards, but this is something I did, and and just seeing the the progression as well throughout the career. Um, yeah, it does, it does is cricket sense. a sport then? Is cricket a real sport? <laughs> I mean, I don't really follow it anymore, but um, oh, only joking. It's just because no, I'm not very good. Every time I play cricket, people purposefully hit the ball towards me, you knowing I can't catch. So my uh, cricket experiences well. aren't aren't great. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a difficult sport. Um, yeah, looking back at old work is is something I, I like to do. Um, and it makes me yeah. obviously that you do cringe at sort of the kerning and, and the typesetting and stuff and doing those in in. PowerPoint probably. I think I probably did them PowerPoint and printed them out. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, you, you do look back, but you also think, oh, look how far I've come. Um, yeah. It's, it's like it's a bit of pride and a bit of a little bit of fire, so a bit of motivation. Anyway, so yeah. I think it's nice when when you see people that you respect as well when they show mm. when they post old work. Like there was a thing a while ago on Instagram or something showing work from ten years ago compared to now or whatever it was, like a bit of a challenge, and different people were doing it. And it's quite encouraging to see like incredible designers and illustrators post stuff from five years ago that was really rubbish. And you think like, it's not just me that, that looks at my work and thinks it's not very good because all these other people weren't very good at one point and look at them now. So there's, it gives you a bit of hope that you think, yeah, I can get better as well and we yeah. can all improve. And another thing is that we, you know, everyone has these bad, these bad days, especially working from home. This, we, we are more motivated. It's just, it's just natural, isn't it? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so it's question. the end of the first week, working from home for lots of people, 
Mark's the shoes on as much as <laughs> that shoe advice Mark said he just couldn't do it yeah uh yeah sorry you're breaking up a little bit but yeah yesterday uh I tried the shoes but I've got like such a small amount of ruin under my desk I just can't I can't do it it's so uncomfortable uh so I took them off very quickly <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah well you gave it a go you tried exactly. exactly uh but yeah with the office you can relax a bit so it's it's a lot easier but I wonder, has anyone else tried that from, uh, I wonder if anyone else in, in here has tried that from, from Wednesday's chat. Do you know, I've seen loads of like blogs this week as well and articles about working from home and yeah. loads of them say the same thing about shoes. Really? It's, always, it's always in there. Like when you see BuzzFeed's top 15 tips on working from home, one of them was put your shoes on because you wouldn't just walk around the office in your slippers or your socks. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's true, isn't it? But they just watched that podcast. Maybe, that's what it was. Well, yeah, there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That could be true. But uh, yeah, so I guess if, if we'll crack on with the rest of them, the rest of the tips and advice, uh, people feel free to mention anything in the comments or uh, anything like that on Instagram Live if you've tried anything or got any other tips or questions. Um, yeah, did you want to start off with the next one? Yeah, cool. So for me, I think I spoke to a few people about this, but lists are just massively important for me. And it sounds really like something your nan would do, but I find it, my days flow much better when I create lists. So there's two different types of lists. I'll create a list first thing in the morning with a bit of a rough schedule of that day. So it could be like nine till 10, sort emails out, 10 till half 11, do that illustration piece you've been trying to get around to, take a break at 11.30. So basically just roughly plan out your day, but I think it helps to have a bit of structure. You don't have to stick to it massively. It doesn't have to be like you don't have to stick to it by the minute or or beat yourself up if you if something takes longer or or whatever but just having that rough kind of outline for each day definitely helps when you're kind of trying to just work through a list of jobs because there's nothing worse than finishing something and then thinking right what should I do now Um, and then you kind of sit and mess about and and they're the times that it's so easy to get distracted and just go on twitter and waste half an hour or do something else and and so I do think if you want to be productive and you want to kind of get through as much work as you possibly can, it's really useful to just spend five minutes first thing in the morning or the night before, write a list of what you've got to do that day. And then, um, so, you, so when I was saying there's two types of lists, the first list would be like your rough structure of how you're going to break up your day in terms of different tasks. You might do some email stuff at one point and some physical work at another point, whatever. And then the second list is is to literally write a list of all the jobs you've got to do. So my typical kind of lists would be like do this graphic for this client, reply to these three emails, send this invoice and sort this quote out, reply to my accountants about that question. Don't forget to check your online bank and see if an invoice has been paid. There's loads of tasks that you can do. And and for me, if I don't write a list, I'll just do them like randomly. So I'll be right in the middle of drawing something and think, oh, I didn't check that invoice has been paid. So I'll go off and check my online banking. And then once I've done that, I'll, I'll be like, oh, what was I doing two months ago? And it kind of messes up your flow. And just mm-hmm. you end up interrupting yourself basically and, and making things harder work. Plus, I, when I first went freelance, I very much just relied on my own brain to keep everything in check. So I'd be kind of working on stuff thinking, yeah, I'm going to do this and this and this, but I wouldn't write it down. I'd just keep it in my head. And there is always that chance that you'll forget something or that you'll remember it, but it's it's too late because you were meant to send a quote by four o'clock or whatever. So for me, I just think it sounds really simple and it's it's almost patronising, 
to tell people, but if you do write lists and like, there's no greater feeling than ticking bits off your list. It's one of those mini victories where you, you can just cross stuff off or I um, use notes on my iPhone mm. and I've got those notes synced to my Mac and in notes now there's a, I think they updated it recently, but there's like a checkbox um, setting basically. So you can turn your list into a checkbox. It gives them little round circles. And when you've done that task, you tick it and it moves that task to the bottom of your list. So then you just work out the next one. Um, yeah, Chris has just mentioned so, yeah. that. I was going to ask if you used any uh, any notes or um, if you just used pen and paper or, or note apps. But yeah, so, so yeah, I use a bit of both to be honest. I've I've done loads of research and watched YouTube YouTube videos on um, different apps and different websites that you can subscribe to. But a lot of them ask for like a, a monthly payment, and I don't. I've never felt like it was that important that I need to yeah. pay for like a productivity app because there's so many other things that you need to pay for. So I use a combination of. I've got a, a little pad next to my keyboard. So if there's anything that I instantly think of, I'll just jot it down and, and write it by hand. But I do try and keep most of it on my notes on my phone. And because it's synced to my kind of work mark as well, it's quite nice that if you are out and about doing something, you've popped to the shops and you think, oh, don't forget to sort that invoice when you're back. I can quickly write it on my phone. And then when I get home, it's already on the list on the computer. So, um, yeah, and I think there's something, there's definitely a lot of science behind it, but there's, there's articles I've read in the past that talk about that release of endorphins when you accomplish a task and you tick it off and, and you get that good feeling that you've done something. And at the end of the day, you can look at your list and see the amount of nine things have been ticked. And it's just a visual way, I think, of, of reassuring yourself that you're making progress and that you are getting stuff done because it's so easy to be dead busy eight hours and then feel like you've got nothing done. And I've had days where I've I've not stopped, but then you get to the evening time and think like, what what did I actually do today? Like I did little bits and bobs, and maybe I made tiny progress on ten different things, but I didn't feel like I actually did anything of worth because I've got nothing to show for it. Because I did, you might be in the middle of a massive project and you're not going to finish it in a day. So if you can break it down into smaller chunks and and physically see your list getting smaller, but mentally that really, if it's not urgent, that can just go on tomorrow's list and can, can tackle that first. But any, I suppose all these tips are just little little things, but I do think they all have a big effect, especially when they combine with each other. So that you kind of, it's another way of taking the thoughts out of your day. If you've got a list, you just react to your list, you work through it. You don't have to think about it. You just take each task as it comes and you can prioritize them into really important stuff or stuff that I can do next time I'm free. But it's just another way of, of helping yourself to to improve your workflow basically so you're not just sitting around trying to decide what to do next or you're twiddling your thumbs because you, you you don't know what to do yeah so yeah. it's all about the lists and that and that's um that's a good question here from from Fussy graphic our friend in, in the netherlands uh he said uh, is there any, is there any joy, are you doing any challenges or anything uh, to fill up your day obviously a lot of freelancers at the moment don't have any work a lot of work's drying up um what, would you recommend doing any challenges or, or any sort of community-based projects yeah, I think if you can afford to, if you've got the time and the money that, that you're in a position where you can, then, then yeah, why not? There's loads of things you can do, isn't there? And we've, me and Footy Graphic have had a chat recently about doing a collaboration, which would be good when we get nice. the chance to sort that out. And um, and yeah, if there's people that you want to approach and just ask if they fancy joining in with a project or yeah, whatever it would be. Anything I think that will improve your skills, that will create content that you can share with people because it is hard to motivate yourself to think today i'm going to design a new 
poster for Real Madrid or Lionel Messi or someone. But if you if you collaborate with someone else or you're part of a much bigger project with 10 other designers or 100 designers or whatever it will be, or, or if it's a daily challenge like Inktober, all those things help you, give you that motivation to, to do stuff because other people are relying on you to, to do your bit or you feel like other people are waiting for you to post your daily updates, stuff like that. So yeah, all those things are, are just a really good way of forcing yourself to, to work. Because if, if you can't motivate yourself, then yeah, go and ask someone else to kind of, up with you and collaborate and then use them as a as a motivation in the same way that like when you go to the gym it's a lot easier if you go with your friends because then you're going to do stuff aren't you rather than well actually when i don't friend, <laughs> we just stood around and talked but yeah, yeah but in in theory it forces you to go on the days that you don't want to go it forces you to do stuff because they're watching you and you don't want them to think that you're lazy and all that kind of stuff so yeah that, that's a good chance um other thing I've been doing as well is uh, getting involved in a charity work whilst I mean just such a good guy that's it <laughs> that's <laughs> that arrogant, isn't it? Like, uh, there's a little halo just above the screen <laughs> that you can't see uh, so I was just, as I was saying I was like ah, I shouldn't mention it it's such, a, such an arrogant thing <laughs> no no go on um, carry on uh, but yeah no, that's another way of getting involved and, and helping other people out is in this time is, is just charity work it's a lot of charities in need right now and if anyone yeah. as, as creators we can help out and um even if it is just a, even if it's a poster for for a FIFA tournament that's being donated to charity, all the money that's raised, it's you do it. Um, yeah. So there's a Welsh one. There's a, obviously the latest Orient one, which everyone's probably seen, but uh, yeah. there's a, the Welsh version as well, which is um, being run by a team that I do program covers for, and uh, called Ammonford, and and they're doing that. So I did a poster for that, and uh, it's free work, but it's it's kind of it's for a good cause. Um, check yeah, out yeah the, I uh, think that's go on. I was gonna say check out the podcast on free work if you're if you're discussed if you're if you're interested in that. Um yeah, it's a good chance. <laughs> Sorry, go on. As well, there's so many people in the UK, especially that food for older people and to make meals for people and there's loads of stuff that you see online where people are being genuinely helpful, just trying to help each other out. And sometimes as a designer you can think like, what can I do to to get involved? It's, in a time of national crisis, nobody really needs me to draw Mo Salah as a cartoon. Like that's probably <laughs> not going to help anyone. But I guess you can either do your own stuff and think that if people enjoy it, then it's just nice sometimes to go online and see some fun, mm. enjoyable stuff and not see depressing, negative news all the time. Also, there are skills that you've got that you can offer to, to help other people. So I don't know exactly what it is, but if there's, if there's local businesses that are struggling, you can offer your help to do them some free posters or flyers or whatever it would be then yeah there's definitely things you can do to to try your best to get involved and to help people out so uh yeah absolutely uh i think that's a good place uh give some, some great advice on that point uh, to fill time so a uh, question from zem clark uh we've got hello guys uh both uh love your work da, 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 da. do you get carried away uh on a piece knowing that you have other things to do so do you ever get i think from I've interpreted that as uh, do you ever get so focused on, on something or you're involved in the project and knowing you've got other stuff to do but you're sort of using it as a bit of a procrastination not to do the other work yeah I think that's easily done isn't it and I suppose it depends what it is if it's a personal piece and you, you're spending loads of time on your own stuff when you've yeah. actually got right way to do then yeah that's not not great but it, in a way it's good isn't it when you when you're into a piece that's so engrossing that like you forget what time it is because you you're really invested in this piece of work that that often feels like the best place to be that that's like the golden hour when you're in the zone and yeah. everything's going great and 
you're not you're not looking at the clock every two minutes waiting to finish work because you're just loving working on. So it's a good thing in a way. I think that, that that's a good sign that you're enjoying your work and that you're working on something that you're passionate about and that that normally means it's going well as well because often when pieces of illustration or design are going well, you've got you're more inclined to kind of mess about and stop and go make a drink and do something else because you're getting frustrated. But um, I suppose... Yeah, it's not always a bad thing. If it's if it's client work and like you're charging them by the by the day and it's taking you forever because you're just taking too long, maybe that's not so great. But I think it helps if you've once you've once you've worked with various clients and you and you're learning to work to deadlines and stuff, it's a lot you get into the habit of working quicker. So like I always think it's mad at university when when I was at university we were given about twelve to fifteen weeks for a project. So like 15 weeks on the same project is incredible, but that's not really very realistic when it comes to client work. So you're not going to get a client who asks you to create a few or four months to do it. It's more likely they need it by next Monday or or tomorrow or three hours time or whatever it will be. So I think that it's quite a skill to to work quickly, to get used to working quickly, but but keeping your standards of, of design or illustration high as well as being able to produce stuff quick. Um, but yeah, I suppose it depends what on the in from the question what the context of what you're working on is. If it's just a personal piece, then it's quite a nice place to be. I think when you get really engrossed in something and spend ages on it. But if it's if it's client work, then it's not always a good thing to kind of for you or them really to to spend way too much time on on you on what you're doing. Do you, do you ever find that flow state? Is there any, have you got any ideas on how to get to into the flow? Oh, that is the. <laughs> That is the key question, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. I don't think there's anything. There's nothing I could say. Oh, I do this, this, and this, and then it happens. I think it's just sometimes things click, don't they? And you're working on peace, and I don't know. Maybe it's when you when you're working in a style that you're familiar with, and you often it probably helps when you've got a clear plan of what you're doing. So if I sit down and, I, and I'm trying to think of a new illustration for a client, and I've got no brief and I've got no idea what to do. There are the times you can really struggle to to kind of make progress, but once you've got your brief sorted and you know your color palette and you know what your final aim is because you want it to look like this and this, and then maybe that's when like all the all the practical thoughts are taken care of, and you can just focus on the doing bit of drawing or of designing. Yeah, and often that that's when it comes. I think that yeah, I think you just get into the zone, don't you? And, it, and often I think you don't even realize till. So it's gone almost. You like look at the clock and think, oh, well, that took me four hours, but it felt like two minutes. Or, or you listen to a podcast that's an hour long and it finishes and you can't believe it's already finished because you, you just, that hour's just disappeared. So, yeah, I suppose. Plus all the really stuff like we mentioned. Like, like, yeah, maybe it's like a, an amalgamation of all the stuff we mentioned on those two podcasts and, and that sort of uh, helps and aids it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I think it does help to have a plan, doesn't it? If you plan out, like I'm not not the best at kind of when it comes to illustrations, I'm so keen to just get on the computer and start drawing stuff that often I'll do that and then get like an hour or two in and think, oh, this isn't working out because I've not planned it out properly. Whereas the times I've sat down and done little thumbnail sketches with a pencil and planned out a layout and worked out my colours beforehand and I've got like some a mood board that, that directs me and where this whole thing is going that often feels like they're the times when you're more organized and you and you you've planned it all out 
then it's much easier to just get in the zone and do it because you know what it is you're trying to achieve. Whereas if you're halfway through a graphic and you've drawn three footballers, then you're stuck for a background because you've not, there the times you can really struggle to, to get in the zone because it's stressful because you've got half a piece and no idea how it's going to get finished. So, yeah. Are you, a, are you in a, what sort of, well, I'll say what sort of paper sizes, notepad are you? Are you at A4, A, A3, A5? The notes, notes, yeah. One of those like trendy people who buy field notes. But I've only ever bought a pack of three, so I've got three of these. I think this is my last one. That I just scribble down all kinds of like rubbish in. But uh, to be honest, I've got loads of loads of all different size pads. Any piece of paper. Sometimes it's on the back of an envelope. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's on like a A4 pad. Anything really. But I do try and keep it all in the same book because it's useful to just have all your ideas or all of your your working notes in in the same place rather than looking around for scrambling for that piece of paper that you can remember that you wrote that really important thing on and, and you can't find it. So yeah, I don't think it matters. It's easy to get away, isn't it? And think I'd be much more efficient as ever it would be. And I think that it doesn't really matter to be honest. You just got to get in the habit of doing it, keeping it up. Yeah. That's when you start like, buying 10 packs of net field notes and thinking, I'm going to start collecting these and then I'm going to use them all and you don't ever use any of them. Yeah, there, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Dan Layden's got a really cool um like he, he he fills notebooks with ideas and with sketches and with notes and stuff, but he's kept them all. So on his he's got a shelf somewhere with like every notebook that he's ever filled. So it's like this treasury of just an archive of loads of old ideas. I don't know what he does with them, but I'm not that organized. I just use one and when it's full, it gets like thrown in a drawer somewhere or probably ends up in the bin or something. But I always think that's quite a cool way of, of working. That he's got this whole archive of old stuff, and whether I don't know whether he ever gets stuck for ideas and flicks through them, but you think that's it's quite a clever way of keeping all your stuff together. Yeah, it's good. I mean, uh, Lance Wyman produced a book. The sort of eighty-five-year-old graphic designer now he's he produced a book with uh, all of his uh, notebooks into one big book. Um, okay, so maybe Dan will do that okay. one day. Maybe we'll just. Yeah. He's a famous, be interesting, yeah. nearly, nearly retired graphic designer, illustrator. Maybe yeah. just reads this huge book. Um, yeah, see inside his mind. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, what's next on the list? What, what did you have in mind? Um, I think we would, again, it's just some basic stuff, but it's that important thing to look after yourself. So I don't know how you feel your first week at working from home has gone, but there's always that temptation of thinking, if I don't have to go out, that means... I don't have to get dressed. If I don't have to get dressed, then maybe I don't have to get a shower just yet. Like all those little things. And I think it's really key to just look after yourself. And and it is tempting to think like, I'm not going to see anyone today. So why bother kind of doing those things? But it's so important to think to just look after yourself as much as you possibly can and to treat it like you are going into the office and and to be as presentable as you will be if if you're in the office. Um and that's like, that covers all the stuff we spoke about in the past, like eating well and staying healthy and looking after yourself. But I just think it's it's such an easy, like slippery slope to, to begin with because you might go a few days without like getting dressed and before you know it, it's a week and then you've, you've got a massive beard and you look like Tom <laughs> Hanks in um, Castaway. And yeah, so but I've never seen so many people kind of do video conferences in this last week and Instagram live seems oh, to just no. be taken over my Instagram. So maybe... That's a good thing that it forces people to, to like get a shave and to comb their hair and stuff like that because you're going to see each other on on video. So, yeah. But if you've got a job, like 
like usually I, I've, I don't ever see my clients and never see them face to face. I might speak to them on the phone, but most of the chat that we do is via email or uh, Slack. So there's days where I could have sat in my pajamas all day and nobody would have been any the wiser, but I think it's just good for your own mental health and your own kind of workflow to treat it as I'm going into the office, let's get dressed and, and yeah. treat this seriously. Um, that is a good, and a good then, one I mentioned last episode. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and, and definitely check that one out for the, the point about the shoes as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all about the shoes. Take them off five o'clock. Other than crossing bits off your list, that's the best feeling of the, of the day. Um, my uh, my other point was to to open a window because if you're fortunate yeah. enough that not everyone's got windows in the in the offices or in the places they work, but it's bizarre. I, I was speaking to someone on uh, Twitter about this the other day, and it's bizarre what a difference it makes when you open your window. I, I think it's because it helps you feel more connected to the outside world because you can hear traffic or you can hear birds singing or if you live in a Disney castle. Um, <laughs> but I think it. It definitely helps to just make you feel more connected to outside. You get a bit of fresh air. It kind of reminds your brain that there's other stuff going on. It's not just you sitting in this box by yourself for eight hours a day because there's other people. There's actually a girl, she'll probably never see this, but there's a girl who lives in our street who sings now and again. So when I have my window open in the morning time, she's like this incredible singer. And I don't know whether she's singing in the shower or singing and doing the dishes, but often like she sings and I think, oh, that is... As Boston, what she looks like, where she lives. She lives somewhere <laughs> close enough that I can hear her. But like, you would never get that little, little two minutes of jive music on a Tuesday morning if you had your window shut. So, it's the yeah, voice it's, inside your head. I think you're going mad. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, that's that's cool though. I mean, you've seen all the videos about um, all the Italians and uh, singing outside their windows together. Yeah, it's cool, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, do you think that'll take off in England? There's been a few funny ones, but I mean, I think I was thinking about the only the only place it could happen is outside Anfield when Liverpool win the win the league and everyone starts singing your yeah. walk alone. That's the only that's the only time I can think I can think it'll happen. Both hanging out the bedroom windows, and I think if I open my window and started singing to my neighbours, they'd just all tell me to <laughs> shut up. But yeah, yeah, it's fair enough, really, because I can't sing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, Chris is right. This is the remote working lifestyle uh, that we all are feeling at the moment. Um, I'd be interested to know if, if anyone in the comments is, is how they're dealing with the first week because uh, yeah, I think it's it's gone pretty well. I mean, I haven't been outside very much, which is which is a good point. I need to open the window, but it's been quite cold down here. But um, yeah, I need to get outside more next week and over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's key, isn't it? That was next actually on the list, wasn't it, about getting outside because it's obviously difficult at the moment when people are socially distancing themselves but everybody's got a front doorstep you can go and sit on for 10 minutes or you can hang out in your garden or your backyard or if you can walk to a park or whatever then I think it is really important to get outside because there's definitely been times I've been working on big projects and I've worked all day I've stopped to eat my tea and then I've gone back to work in the evenings because I've had so much on and then gone to bed and got up and just done the same thing again mm. It's so easy to realise that it's been four or five days since you've left the house. Like literally not even open the front door to see anyone. And subconsciously that can be quite tough. I think that those feelings of isolation and feelings of separation, it's not even a conscious thing, but that can slowly creep in and and then your mood starts slipping because you're feeling a bit more depressed or fed up. And so your work suffers as a result. And so I think it is really important. It's it's as important thing to invest in your in your mental health and your 
your physical health as it is to invest in your skills, which is what we were saying earlier. So if you're going to spend time teaching yourself illustration or animation, you should equally spend time on yourself getting outside and getting some fresh air. And it's just incredible what like 20 minutes of being in your back garden can make to your day because that the difference it makes is mad. You can be dead stressed and you've had a tough morning or you're getting fed up because work's not quite going as you want it to go and you just can't get your head around what it is you're doing or whatever. And then you go outside for 20 minutes and kind of let it forget about it all and come back in feeling a bit more energized and ready to give it another crack. And so, yeah, I think it's sometimes you've got to force yourself to do it. It doesn't always come naturally because you can get lazy and just maybe in your downtime you want to watch Netflix or play on your PlayStation. But I do think it's really important to to get out as much as you possibly can, even if you've literally got to force yourself to go and sit in your back step or or whatever, walk up the street and back again. But it, yeah. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. And like Chris said, if you have a dog, go out and walk it whilst you still can. Uh, but yeah, the other one that you mentioned on the on the WhatsApp message was a really good one about uh, get a get a plant, have a plant. Yeah, I really like that one. I was going to show you because I've got a plant, but it's behind the camera. But I, it's yeah, just getting a getting a house plant, getting something in your office that is basically getting a bit of outside, inside just really brightens up your, your office space. I think it, it's nice to have a bit of greenery and, mm. and have something living. I must confess that my my big plant is now fake because I was so bad at looking after plants, they kept dying on me. So bought one of those big, like, the yucca plants, the ones that look a bit like a palm tree, but they're, like, they're obviously not, like a mini thing. Bought one of those from Ikea about two years ago, and it was, it was about, I don't know, three or four foot high. Yeah. And within about six months, it had just gone brown and died. So then I bought another one, and and I was trying to like water it and stuff like that. But maybe I was watering it too much or not enough, or I don't know. But then that died as well. So I felt like I was wasting money on these expensive big plants. Yeah. So I went back to IKEA and bought a really big. It's about six foot high, but it's it's fake. But um, it's it's like a bamboo kind of plant thing. Nice. Um, but yeah, I think it definitely brightens up your office. I've got a little little. Um, plants on my bookshelf just kind of like smaller ones but anything you can do it doesn't sound very manly does it really to like fill your office with plants and flowers but I think there's there's cool things out there you know if you don't want to buy a big bouquet of, of like Roses daffodils then you can get yeah. some, some little cactuses or but yeah anything I think that you can do that makes your inside feel a bit more fresh and alive and, and interesting and it just brightens up your space doesn't it and, and helps you Helps you work better, I think, in my opinion. Because yeah, I think your workspace is really important. Obviously, there's people this week who've messaged me to say like they're working in a flat and they haven't got a, an office and they wish that they did. And so it's not always possible to to create an incredible workspace. But I think anything that you can do to make the, the little corner of your home as nice as possible just massively helps because you, you spend so much time there. You, you're easily going to spend 40 hours a week in this in the corner of your living room or in your spare bedroom or whatever. So and it doesn't take a lot of money to kind of spruce it up, even if you just tidy it up so it's really clean and then organise some stuff and and maybe get a bit of storage or put some things in boxes, but make that corner as enjoyable as enjoyable as you can. Because yeah, it's it, like who wants to work in an office full of boxes and old clothes and loads of rubbish and, and if you're surrounded by junk and mess and chaos then 
think it does make it a bit harder to to focus. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, so I'm just replying to messages on Instagram. Um, okay. But yeah, I did it, give you a tour of my office, but it's a bit messy, which goes against everything I've just said. So maybe I'll tidy <laughs> up later. Out. Yeah. yeah we've, all, we've all got really clean, nice offices. Uh, <laughs> really minimal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What is your what's your ideal office space? Is it one you've got already, or, or is there anything you would love to add to it? Um, I've gone through phases of I've always worked from home ever since I started freelancing and I've gone through phases of going to view office spaces because I, I quite like the idea of having a separate space somewhere else and I can see all these trendy offices online with, with like bare brick walls and huge floor to ceiling windows and views of like countrysides or lakes or all those great things that you see other people have got but every time I've come close to, to finding somewhere I've stopped because I've never felt like I could justify how much it was going to cost me to to rent an office. So even the cheapest of spaces where I live, you can kind of hot desk and just rent a desk for a week or whatever. But even that was like £20 a day. So over the course of a month, you're talking about like £400 a month or you can get like office space maybe for half that. But even, even like £200 a month is £200 that I'm not currently spending right now so I've never been able to justify I think spending that extra cash on a separate space when I'm fortunate enough to have a space in our house that I can use just for an office um but yeah what I've got quite now right now is fine for for what I need really I've got my desk set up got my printer I've got some storage space I've got a chair exercise bike some storage for books and it's like that um filing cabinet with all my boring tax stuff in and letters off the bank and all that kind of stuff yeah. um, I, but, but it's been like a slow process it wasn't like I just started day one and had this brilliant space I started with a really messy spare bedroom and then bit by bit kind of I decorated it then I got a new floor then I bought some furniture then I bought a few plants killed them bought a few more plants so it's been like a slow process I wouldn't I wouldn't be too hard on yourself if you're working in the space and you think this isn't what I want because yeah, it's like like anything. It just takes a bit of time to, to slowly get it to how you like it. And I suppose, yeah, there's, there's like YouTube videos I've seen even this week of people's working from home spaces that look incredible. And you think, sometimes I do think, oh, it would be good to, to have this or that or whatever. But I guess as long as you can work well in in the space that you've got, then that's the main thing. So, yeah. yeah I agree, yeah. And, uh, um I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, well, basically, I always think if I got an office space elsewhere, the the equivalent, whatever it would cost me, would probably mean I would have to work one day more per month to pay for that. So I'm, I'm almost getting like a day off a month by not paying for an office space because I'm using my house instead. So and I don't know when I'd do that extra day's work because I work nine to five, Monday to Friday, every week anyway, plus a bit extra sometimes. So there's not like there's a spare day for me to... To generate that so i guess it, yeah it depends on you for some people maybe it's important to be in a co-working space so that they get to meet other people and 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 kind of don't feel as as isolated at home but right now for me this works so maybe in the future i'll move somewhere else but it's good for now yeah i mean you can always go on pinterest and just start searching like amazing design offices and that's what i've done 
quite yeah. a lot and uh you're just sort of sort of dreaming uh when i like, i'm always thinking as a young person i was thinking when i get my own house this is how i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna get an amazing studio in one room and it's it's not gonna work out like that but it's it's nice to dream and uh it's nice to no well it just takes time doesn't it so yeah even when you get your own house you've got like six or seven different rooms you want to decorate them all at the same time get them all done and yeah. it's I, I don't know about everyone else but for me it's never been possible to do that so you've kind of got to take it a room at a time and do a bit by a bit so yeah same, um, for, same for your office let's so uh, one question from uh omar uh when we're going to probably end on this question if that's all right with you as well because i've got to go back to work uh yeah cool what is one tip you would give to all illustrators out there um I guess the first thing that comes to mind is what we talked about earlier, that you can you can look at other people's work and be inspired by the fact that there's incredible people out there and one day you want to be as good as them. But at the same time, to not use that as like a stick to beat yourself to think, oh, these guys are doing incredible stuff and I'm never going to be as good as that. So as a, as a tip, I would say, yeah, look at other people and use them to inspire yourself or to motivate yourself to be better because everybody can improve and we've all started somewhere so i look back at the stuff i was doing like five six years ago and do cringe because it's it was quite basic and not very good and hopefully i'll look back at the stuff i'm doing now in five years time and think that that's not very good either but the key i think is to is to realize that you're never gonna like this is a journey you're never gonna finish you're never gonna wake up one day and think you look at your work and think oh yeah i've done it i am number one illustration in the world because that just doesn't exist and even the people that you look at and think like they are just out of this world incredible massively skilled even they will probably think they can do better and and even they will probably look at other people and think i wish i was as good as them so i think yeah my tip will be to find the balance of using other people to inspire yourself to improve but not not using that as a negative way of kind of being tough on yourself and and getting frustrated because it's easily done that you see other people and think like I'll never be able to do that because that's just superb but then look back at your old stuff and would you have thought five years ago you'd be where you are now probably not so yeah yeah that's a really good really good point uh, I, I, one thing I'd like to reinforce in this podcast quite a lot is, is networking and contacting other, other creatives like, like like I've been doing like I've been doing with you a lot I've been doing with uh, Logo Geek and Paget quite a lot I've been that's it's a certain key people that you look up to um, and you'll have a sort of online mentors throughout throughout your career um, or even just in-person mentors if you meet up with them but it's good to have these people that you can ask and bounce off of I know Dave you're, you're always good for, for that and um, especially to me and um, you're always advised to, to get people out in your life as well so uh, do that as well that's my that's my one number one tip as well yeah yeah and I think like networking just before you finish is like a it's like a dirty word sometimes, isn't it? You think of it and think, oh, cringe. I do not want to go to networking events where I stand in a room with 20 other people and wear a name badge and introduce myself and all that kind of stuff. And when I first went freelance, I was I was totally against any, like I didn't want to go to any of those events in my city because I just thought it was really embarrassing and, and not my thing really. But networking doesn't have to be that formal. It doesn't have to be kind of these, these well-organized slick events with business people. It can be a case of just messaging someone on Instagram and saying hello and saying that you like the work and if, if you've got any tips or, and that was something I've tried to do the last 12 months is to say, if anybody wants to send me a message and get some feedback or talk about the stuff, I will try and do that as much as I possibly can because 
I'm no expert, but I've, I've learned some things in the last five years of freelancing and I've learned some things in, in the last like 10 years of working in design that I would be more than happy to pass on to other people. So if there's any, any way I can help people learn something new or, or chat through the work or whatever it will be, then I'd like to do that because I never felt like there was anyone that was there to do that for me. Like there was no one, I didn't really know any designers. None of my family were into design. I didn't, I, I didn't really know anyone I could ask questions about setting up stuff for printing or how to choose colours or typography tips or whatever it would be. There was no one there that I could ask. So I kind of had to figure it out myself, but Twitter and social media wasn't really a thing when I was starting out. Whereas it is now and it is so easy to, to just ask. So yeah, if people have got questions or whatever, then always feel free to give me a shout and I'll get back to you. Nice. Um, yeah, and then, I'll, then I'll send you an invoice after that. <laughs> No, I'm still waiting for that. I'm still waiting for that million pound invoice. <laughs> um, yeah, Chris has, Chris has mentioned about business cards and uh, obviously online you don't really need them. But um, if you ever do go to networking events, obviously, on, obviously online um, networking and contacting people is a lot easier and um, people probably feel more comfortable doing that. But if you ever do go to networking events, what do you put on your business card? You know, I got some business cards printed when I first started with just my company name on the front on a black background and my details on the back. And I got 100 printed and I've still got about 95 left, I think, because I've just very rarely given them out. But I don't think you just want your basic details on, don't you? You want people to be able to contact you via email and if you want over the phone. And if you want to throw your social media details on, then do that as long as they reflect your business well. There's no point telling someone your Twitter account if you use Twitter to just shout at other people and moan about stuff because that's not going to reflect well on you your business so if you've got business accounts in terms of instagram accounts and twitter accounts and stuff like that that would be beneficial then yeah put those on but i know some people kind of agonize over the design of the business card and try and cram in like thumbnails of work examples and stuff like that and for me i've just never felt that's worth worrying about because if you go to an event and you meet someone face to face and you you get on well with them you you're not going to ruin your chances by giving them a really simple business card all they're interested in is knowing how they can keep in touch. So I wouldn't stress too much about it being the world's best designed business card. It just needs to do the basics and then even direct them to your website, which could be potentially more interesting and a lot nicer designed. But yeah. Do you put a picture of your face on the, on the business card? That's the real question. Oh, mm, I don't know, to be honest. I haven't, but I haven't got pictures of me on anything really. My Twitter and yeah, Instagrams are just little business logos so i've never found a photo that i thought was okay to use because yeah so do you need to put on a business card maybe i don't know there's probably like business experts out there that would give you reasons why but um there's an know. example is like say that people you know a big networking event with loads and loads of people it's hard to remember people's faces so if you've got a picture of yourself on yeah card, and even like yeah, an true. illustrator, like I know Callum Seymour, who's, uh, who's been the first question on today's podcast, he's got a really nice illustration of himself uh, on the card. Um, so yeah, you'd be illustrated yeah, for illustrator. Yeah. Good test of your, of your illustration, because if they can't recognise you from that, then maybe you're not the one. <laughs> it's like business Tinder. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for, for joining us again. Uh, it's another another hour. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for for having me. Um, thank you to to Omar, Chris, and Callum for the questions. Uh, I'm sure we'll be back at some point. Uh, go and say 
hello to Dave and Petra and all your questions. Um, and yeah, that's it really. See, I'll see you. Yeah, cool. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle podcast. Uh, if you did like it, please do share it around on social media. Uh, take a screenshot, tag it at Creative Waffle uh, on Instagram stories. Send in a list of the questions for next week's uh, recordings. It could be about anything. Uh, it doesn't have to be specific to the guest, although there is a guest list, uh, upcoming guest list on the uh, Creative Waffle Instagram uh, highlights. If you're on YouTube, please do subscribe. Uh, iTunes, give us, a, give us a five-star review. And most importantly, you check out the creativewaffle.club website for, for all of the latest uh, around the Creative Waffle Live event, around the uh, Creative Waffle Library, um, where we've got all the episodes turned into blog posts. And over the course of the next two years or so, we're going to have the biggest resource uh, for designers and young designers and students and creatives getting into the industry. See, I can't wait to uh, to release all this and look back in two years' time and, and really f- feel like we've created something there. Me and Hannah are working super hard uh, behind the scenes to, to build up something that uh, we can be proud of and that can help the industry. So, so yeah, I'm really pleased with this and, and the direction it's going in. Thank you very much for listening. Check out the other podcasts. And I'll see you in the next episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast.